Welcome to the Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want the truth about having a healthy, happy, strong body. Remember, your body was meant to move. Now here's your host, Stephen Sashen. If you're a runner or a walker or a hiker or even just someone who stands up all day and you got foot pain or ankle pain or knee pain or hip pain or back pain, clearly you need some padding and cushioning to just alleviate all that stress, right? Nope. And I will tell you why that illusion is so popular now and what's actually true in this episode of The Movement Movement. So welcome to The Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about how to have healthy, happy, strong bodies, where we dissect and debunk the mythology and the propaganda and the misconceptions about what it takes to walk or run or jump or swim or lift or do whatever your body likes to do, because bodies like to move. And we're here to help your body do that in a way that's enjoyable, that's fun, that supports you for the rest of your life. We call it the movement movement because we literally are trying to create a movement, trying to make people understand that natural movement is the obvious, better, healthy choice, the way that natural food is currently thought of. So welcome to the movement movement. If you want to be part of our community and help spread the word, come visit us over at jointhemovementmovement.com. And that'll point you to the various places that you can engage with us on social media, etc. And make sure you like and subscribe and follow and friend and share and click the bell on YouTube and all those other ways that you can be part of our community. I'm Stephen Sashin, CEO from ZeroShoes.com. It's a company my wife and I founded because we're committed to natural movement, starting with feet first. As we like to say, live life feet first. But I'm not here to try to sell you on Zero Shoes. I will say, if you want to come check out what we're doing, knock yourself out. Happy to have you. Go to xeroshoes.com. Although, frankly, if you misspelled it and went to zeroshoes.com, it'll get you there anyway. But XERO is the name of our company. We'd love to have you there. Check out what we're doing with natural footwear, footwear that lets your feet bend and move and flex and feel the way they're supposed to, whether you're walking, running, hiking, or doing any of those things that you might do on your feet. So let's talk about this whole idea about cushioning and what's become popular in the last few years, maximal cushioning, maximalist running shoes. Okay, a little bit of history. Back in 2009, the whole idea of barefoot running took off like crazy. There was a book called Born to Run, written by Chris McDougall. Now, if you're not a runner, still an amazing book. It's practically, it's like an adventure murder mystery almost, although there's no murder. It's an adventure scientific mystery that talks about the Tarumata Indians in Mexico who run for hundreds of miles, pain-free and enjoyably, well into their 50s, 60s, and 70s, sometimes running for hundreds of miles at a time. Amazingly wonderful book. My wife, Lena, who was not a runner, she eventually picked it up and could not put it down. Same thing will happen for you, I'm sure. The idea of running without $150 motion control padded shoes started to take off in late 2009, early 2010. Running shoe companies lost their minds. The idea that maybe you would stop buying their products and start running around barefoot or in minimally, just, you know, just a little bit of protection. You know, the way that human beings have been doing that for thousands and thousands of years prior to the, quote, modern athletic shoe, which is only a 50-year-old invention. In fact, just to be clear, modern athletic shoes, that's the intervention, not the whole barefoot minimalist thing, which is the way we've been doing it for ages, really without a problem. In fact, quick story that just occurred to me. I was told this by a podiatrist that there was a podiatrist he knew who was sent to Kenya, I think in the 50s, might have been the 60s, to do some research on the Kenyan army who did a whole lot of training barefoot, in part because they didn't have boots for everybody. And his report that he sent back was a podiatrist would go broke in this country because there were so many people who were just still living barefoot 
or with very thin soled sandals or shoes, that their feet were still moving naturally. They had strong, healthy, happy feet for their whole life. So the barefoot natural minimalist movement started to take off. Shoe companies lost their minds. They did everything they could to convince people that you did not want to avoid their products despite the fact that they, or, or throw away their products, despite the fact that they had no evidence that their products improved performance or reduced injury the way they've been claiming for 50 years, despite the fact that every couple of years they came out with a brand new magic technology and they said, hey, this one's going to be even better and never apologized for the last one. They never went, this one's going to be better. And by the way, that last stuff we've been doing, complete bullshit. Sorry about that. We'll give you your money back. They never said things like that. They just said, here's the new thing. And the new thing was really just some variation of the old thing. In fact, I was on a panel discussion at the American College of Sports Medicine about footwear and footwear biomechanics. And there was some uh, representative from Brooks and Adidas. And Adidas said their brand new big thing is 3D printed midsoles based on how you run. And Brooks was doing some variation on that. It was, it was something about the outsole, changing the outsole based on how you run, about you personally. And I just asked the somewhat obvious question, well, that's really basically the same thing we've been doing. So where's the evidence that that is going to reduce injury or improve performance and be better than what you've been doing? No answer. By the way, if you want to see that panel discussion, go to zero shoes, X-E-R-O shoes.com slash A-C-S-M, and you will see it. Not great quality, but very interesting. Okay, so the minimalist thing became like a really big deal. People were starting suddenly interested in running barefoot. The problem, admittedly, was that the many of the companies that were promoting barefoot and minimalist running were basically promoting it the same way that other products were promoted, which is essentially the product will take care of it. You don't need to do anything different. Just put on these wacky shoes with, you know, with little separate things for each one of your toes, and you'll suddenly be a better runner. Your injuries will go away. Wear this minimalist shoe from whichever company was making it, and your injuries will instantly go away. You'll instantly be healthy, better. You'll you know, never have any problems. You'll get a mortgage at the rate that you like. Uh, you'll win the lottery, and um, suddenly you're, you know, you'll lose five pounds of body fat. It, it, was, it was completely missing the point that what makes natural movement valid and valuable isn't the footwear. It's, it isn't even the fact that you're out of footwear. It's that when you use your body naturally, when you use the springs and shock absorbers built into your hips, legs, ankles, feet, actually your whole body, that's the thing that's good for you. Letting your body do what's natural is good for you. It's not about the footwear. It's about the form. It just so happens that out of the footwear is the easiest way to reclaim that form that frankly, if you look at tiny little kids, they have until you start putting them in shoes. So to reclaim the form, you've got to get out of the footwear so you get the feedback that tells you what to do differently. Because frankly, doing it when you're barefoot, doing it wrong hurts, doing it right feels good. In fact, if you want to spot a barefoot runner from 50 yards away, it's really easy to tell the difference between a barefoot runner or someone in a truly minimalist shoe like what we do versus a uh, traditional runner. The barefoot slash true minimalist runners, they tend to be smiling more. They just look happier. <laughs> they're, they're just not, I know that sounds crazy. But I've just seen this and done this thousands of times where I'm driving down the street and I see someone running and they just have a look on their face. And I just know that by the time I see them, they're either barefoot or in my shoes or sandals or in one of our competitors' products that are also making something similar, but not in the, quote, minimalist shoes made by the big shoe companies. Whole different story. So anyway, the barefoot thing is taking off. There was a lawsuit that got filed against Vibram, the company that makes those five fingers, those toe shoes that was uh, the lawsuit was a class action lawsuit 
claiming that they were making unfounded medical claims, that basically wearing their shoes would make your feet stronger. A few years before that, both Skechers and Reebok got sued for making unfounded medical claims that wearing their big toning shoes would make your butt better and make your butt stronger. And they were using, you know, one of them used Kim Kardashian to promote their shoes as if her butt had anything to do with those shoes. Well, those lawsuits got settled out of court for hundreds of millions of dollars. The Vibram lawsuit also settled out of court for $3.75 million. And I don't know if this is true, but because it, it, since it was settled, there's no information about what happened. But my suspicion is that the people who were doing the suing, the plaintiff, decided that it was you know, worth settling because there were enough dots that you could connect between the five-finger shoes and strengthening your feet that they really would have a hard time proving this is an unfounded medical claim, even though the company had never done an explicit study to see whether wearing those shoes made your feet stronger. One of the dots that they could connect was a study that was done on what was thought of as the first minimalist shoe, the Nike Free, which frankly is as close to minimalist as a pair of stilts. Big, thick padded heel, big flared sole, more flexible and you could feel more of the ground, which was amazing. I remember when I first got a pair, but nothing close to, you know, something like this. Without a big heel, without a bunch of padding, even more flexible, etc. This, by the way, is our Zero Shoes Prio running a fitness shoe. So they settled this lawsuit, but the way the lawsuit was framed in the public eye was, see, they just paid $3.75 million, so this barefoot thing is clearly bullshit. Couldn't be farther from the truth. If you do the research and just look you know, on PubMed uh, for minimalist shoes, you will find so much research showing about uh, the value of, frankly, letting your feet do what's natural. Bend and flex and move and feel. And here's the spoiler. Stronger is better than weak. Using your feet makes them strong. Not using them makes them weak. Ta-da! <laughs> this is so not rocket science. Or as they said when they invented footwear 10,000 years ago, not rock science. So, okay. So that was part of the history. 2009, 2010, by, you know, like 13 or so is when the barefoot thing was starting to implode a little bit. Now, that's the way they say it, by the way completely not true. Here's what actually happened. The companies that were, the big companies that were making these quote minimalist products, and I say quote minimalist because research from Irene Davis and others, at, Irene at Harvard and others, shows that the shoes that most of the big companies make that they call minimalist are minimalist in name only, but don't provide the benefits of a truly minimalist shoe, something like this one. They were pulling out of the market while their sales were still increasing. They weren't committed to the whole idea of natural movement. Because I have since found out, some of them have literally said that if we stick with that, it's basically saying that everything we've been doing for the last 50 years is bullshit. So we can't do that. Now, many of the companies that were making these products still, you know, have a toe in the water. Is that the thing I'm looking for? They still have a something in the game, dog in the fight, a uh, whatever metaphor analogy you can think of. Ironically, the minimalist shoes that they still sell have gotten less minimalist than they were back then. Regardless, it was a conflict for them. It was a philosophical conflict for them to have a truly minimal shoe while still selling big padded motion control stuff. Okay, so they're trying to basically kill it while they're still profiting off of it. And at the same time, another idea came up of maximalist shoes, shoes with tons of padding, lightweight, and oh, zero drop. Let's talk about zero drop. Zero drop, the drop is the difference between the height of the heel and the height of the forefoot, the ball of the foot. So a normal shoe, you know, puts padding under the heel 
So that has a drop of some, some height to the forefoot. Zero drop is just like what happens if you're standing barefoot on the ground. It heals at the same level as the ball of your foot. That's more natural. So this idea of zero drop was great, but then they put a whole bunch of padding underneath your foot. So A, you can't feel anything. You're not getting the sensations that you, your brain needs to know how to balance and use your body effectively. That's why you have more nerve endings in the soles of your feet than anywhere but your fingertips and your lips. It's there for a reason. So lots of padding, lots of cushioning, no feedback, zero drop. Seems to make sense. Like if you have your joints are hurting, wouldn't you want to like put some cushioning in there? No. Amazingly and paradoxically, putting in the cushioning does the exact opposite of what you want. There's some research from Dan Lieberman at Harvard and maybe a couple of others. Oh, there are actually some others as well that have recently come out that shows that the loading forces and the forces through your joints in a maximal shoe are not less than what you get in a regular shoe. Extra cushioning does not reduce the forces going into your body. Who knew? Uh, well, all the barefoot runners. <laughs> we all knew because what happens when you're in a big padded shoe, especially one of the big heel, even if it's zero drop, is that your brain wants to get that feedback that it can't get because of all that cushioning. So it ends up landing harder or you end up landing with your foot out in front of your body, landing on your heel with your leg basically straight, which sends a spike of force, an impact transient force spike through your body, up through your joints, like really, really fast. Some would argue, and we'll get into this probably offline, that the impact transient is not the important part. The amount of force that happens is not the important part. But what some research is showing is that it's not the amount of force, it's the speed with which that force is applied to your body, where you just can't adapt to it quickly enough. You can't respond to it quickly enough. That may be the cause of the problem, not the force itself. But we'll save the conversation about force plate diagrams for another episode. Suffice it to say, I don't, that seems to be a phrase that I use at least twice in every episode, that more cushioning is not better. Now, think about cushioning at all, frankly. Lying on a tempur bed feels really good. You wouldn't want to try and jump rope on it, though. You end up having to use your body more to get force back out of the cushioning. Cushioning sucks force out of your body. You know, one thing about running fast, let's talk about running. We know that to run faster, you need to apply what's called more mass-specific force. Basically, you need to get more force into the ground faster. No one knows exactly how to do that. We know that if you apply more force in the same amount of time, that's better. Or if you apply the same amount of force in a shorter period of time or in a smaller surface area, that could be more force as well. That could make you run faster. So that's one piece of the puzzle. The other piece is that your muscles and ligaments and tendons are designed to be springs and shock absorbers. So we know that more mass-specific force can make you run faster. We don't know exactly how to make you apply more mass-specific force, but we do know what can make you apply less mass-specific force. If you spread the same force over more surface area or make it apply more slowly, and the one thing that reliably, consistently, every time makes the force spread out and go slower is cushioning. Padding is designed, A, to reduce the forces so that you're actually slower, so you're not using the built-in springs and shock absorbers that are in your body. You actually have to apply more force. Think about jumping on a trampoline. Trampoline is really springy, but what makes you get all that bounce 
isn't the trampoline itself. It's your legs applying to the trampoline. And so you have to, that's why you can't jump on a trampoline infinitely long. You know, you're using your muscles because the tramp is sucking some energy out of you. And then you're just using the rebound along with your muscles. You time it so that you get that extra spring. In fact, a trampoline for professional trampoline artists, they can tune the trampoline to their weight and their speed. Cushioning, same idea. A cushion really needs to be tuned to your weight and the amount of force that you apply, how fast you run and how much you weigh. And guess what? The shoes that you're buying, whether they're maximalist or you know just regular shoes, not tuned to you. And the shoes that you see some Olympic marathoner run, unless you're also 105 pounds, five foot two inch Kenyan, probably not the same tuning for you. So the whole maximalist thing has come in in a way, they said it was a reaction to the minimalist thing. It was just coincidental that that happened, that minimalist was coming in Maximalist was sort of in there at the same time. They were killing the minimalist idea and then going, well, you know, maximal is actually just an extension of what we're currently doing. And so that makes more sense. So you'll see if you look around that uh, Hoka was the company that first started doing the maximal stuff. But now, like, there's so many companies doing the same thing because footwear companies, they're all just copycats. They're all fast followers. And they can tell the story. Hey, here's the cushioning that we had before. Now we're just adding more. Isn't that better? Eh. No, it's not. The research backs this up, doesn't improve performance, it doesn't reduce injuries, and it's, it means that you're applying the same forces through your body, you're not using your body naturally. Now, there will be some runners, uh, in fact, I just thought of this one, there will be some people who say, hey, it's allowed me to keep running. And maybe it will for a little while, but if you keep putting those same forces through your body without doing what natural movement lets you do, which is mitigate that force legitimately, you're setting yourself up for long-term problems. Don't listen to what some professional athlete says about wearing a maximalist shoe unless you're a professional athlete doing the exact same kind of training that they are. It's one of the things that annoys me the most about running shoe marketing is that they they try to do this thing of don't you want to be like that guy? And sure, it would be great to be like that guy, but you ain't that guy. And so if you're not that guy, what that guy or woman is doing is probably not right for you. So it's just a bad version of sort of aspirational advertising that isn't backed up by common sense and more importantly, the research that backs that up. Anyway, that is my rant about maximalist footwear. If you're having a great time with maximalist shoes, enjoy. If you're trying to run, walk, hike, do things better, you might want to explore this crazy thing called using your body the way it's been built to be used and the way people have been using it happily and healthily in other places without the benefit of all this extra technology for which there is no proof that it provides benefits. That's what we're all about here with the movement. Movement is helping create this idea, getting people to explore and discover that natural movement is the obvious, better, healthy choice, the way that natural food is currently thought of. And we hope that you want to be part of that community. And what that means is join us, share, uh, like and subscribe and friend and follow and do whatever it takes to be part of the movement movement. We're starting by talking a lot about feet because feet are your foundation. We like to say here at Zero Shoes, live life feet first. We're going to be expanding well beyond that as the podcast continues. We're going to be talking about natural ways of treating plantar fasciitis, ways that you can strengthen your feet to have happy, healthy feet for your whole life, um, what, how you might be getting fooled by the research about footwear and how not to get fooled how to get stronger by lifting lighter weights, and a whole lot more. We hope you become part of our community. We hope you become part of the tribe, so please subscribe. Take care. 
You've been listening to the Movement Movement Podcast with host Stephen Sashin. Remember to join the tribe and subscribe at jointhemovementmovement.com.